Hello, and welcome to episode 128 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for drunken Magic the Gathering arena content. That's right. Just a couple of regular dudes drinking some irregular beers and talking about Magic the Gathering. In particular, the online client, MTG Arena. And we have finally been able to play some of the new sets and so we're going to talk all about wilds of eldraine today we'll be going through our first sips or our first thoughts of it but first <laughs> jeff needs to fix his camera <laughs> if you're watching on youtube it wasn't in, um, it wasn't in <laughs> that's totally fine um but first uh normally each week we both bring a beer and uh rate them against each other however we've decided since the beer we had last time we're doing something very similar it's quite large and we thought you know we could just go with just having one so this week we are going to be drinking and rating one single beer and uh, so jeff what's on tap okay so if you're with us last week you know i found a local beer maker um they go by Daryl Hart, and I met the guy that owns it or runs it at a um, farmer's market. And so last time we had their Goza, which is kind of like a salty um, Saison. This one is an aged Saison on cherries. It's called Cherries Aged Like Grace. Similar mm -hmm. design to last time. Uh, and you know what? I read the poem last time, so I, I want to give you the honor of reading the oh, poem this time. All right. Okay. <clears throat> Let me walk among the fruit cellars of the farmer's barn and soak in that heady must. It is lively and bright, earthy and mellow, a perfume of cherries aged like grace. Mm -hmm. So this is a saison with cherries. 6.3 percent i'm excited to dig in the last one was very very good so it was i actually um got to talk a little bit to whoever does their instagram um oh, we as we we always do we post our beers on instagram if you want to go check out any of the labels um it's at arena regulars um and i tend to tag the actual breweries and they like repost us in their story and I just said hey by the way your beer is one of our favorites we really loved it on the show and uh we had a nice little back and forth it was great so in my mind it is the uh the brewer himself the that, that I you met, met. <laughs> yeah uh po very possibly not that person mm -hmm. but you know I, I like to think about that so um anyway I'm very excited for this Jeff let's crack this open and get going with our 750 milliliter beer all right. Oh, okay. Jeff took a while to find a uh, bottle opener and he used a spoon instead. A sp sp spoon. Um, spoon. So I just wanted to, I was wondering how quickly you'd actually get it open and it was within a few seconds. So um, not the first time. Yeah, not, I was going to say, it's not my first time. I was going to say, I probably, I don't know if I've actually opened a beer with a spoon. Um, I tend to just have like, the equipment I need, so I'm not worried about it. Oh, look at <laughs> that me. wasn't really a dig on, well, it wasn't, not a dig on purpose, but it was a little bit of a dig. My personal favorite is to use another beer. You can like get the leverage <laughs> there. The, that thing? It has happened to me, of course, that the one that's upside down has opens. Um, but that's pretty rare. I'm pretty, mm -hmm. pretty, pretty good at it now. So yeah. Um, it's only at the most embarrassing possible occasions where the top one opens. 
of course, when you're yeah. showing it to everyone. Yeah, if I'm just at home, like playing a, doing a draft or something, you know, I have my paper towels set up in case it happens. Obviously, mm -hmm. it's not going to happen then. But yeah. if I'm on somebody's in somebody's new apartment with their nice new carpet, I'm like, look <laughs> at my trick. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking yeah, classic. That's just how the world works. Um, mm -hmm. But Jeff, we do have some magic news. Uh, this weekend, September sixteenth and seventeenth, is the Arena Open uh, Wilds of Verdrain Limited. Uh, seems super sweet. Go check it out and hope to win two thousand um, dollars. As well as starting on September nineteenth, I believe uh, Magic Arena is turning five years old kind of uh, five years since the beta officially started um so that's pretty cool and apparently they're going to give out some rewards in our uh, inboxes on arena so i guess it's a way to get you to check in with your arena account every day to see what you got i don't know who knows how good or bad it'll be but hey free stuff's free stuff so i'll take it yeah Sweet. Uh, Jeff, let's just jump right into things because we have a new set to talk about, which is always the most exciting thing. And uh, Wilds of Eldraine. What have you been doing so far? How's it feel like? Give me everything. All right. Everything. That's it. Eh? Mm -hmm. um, the set feels Eldraine. It has mm -hmm. like a lot of the characteristics that the previous set have if you played that um but it like they they nailed it with the the feel again they always do um but you know the sort of magical um story land is once again present here and mm -hmm. the mechanics do a lot of the heavy lifting there for me like food uh, brings back memories and adventures with the new take on it so i think just in terms of like the overall feel and certainly aesthetic um it's great. It feels yeah. like exactly what they were shooting for. I think it is reminiscent of the previous one without being sort of a mirror image of it, mm -hmm. which is always nice when they do. Like that's one of the difficulties of returning to planes is you want to strike that balance of, well, I want to give people that love this plane, the things they love, mm -hmm. but I also don't want it to just be a carbon copy because not everyone did love original uh, our first trip to Eldraine. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I would say the overall, like, you know, without getting into the specifics of different cards or formats, I think the set feels good. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, so far, I'm liking it a ton. Um, mm -hmm. It's been so much fun, and uh, I've really only been playing limited, um, but agree on all the same fronts. I think I might like it better than the first time we went just because um i i like how they figured out that adventures is just good and it doesn't have to mm -hmm. be like this uh this color combination is adventure like or you, we need cards that care about adventures like in a very overt way um right. because you you don't there are only a couple cards that actually mention like things being on adventures or something um and it's basically like there's like that one green it's like a four mana four four with vigilance and it has haste if you have a creature on adventure which right. things like that i wish we had 
uh, more subtlety with it the first time around. Um, mm -hmm. Because the first time we went, it was like, hey, uh, you get to double all your adventure triggers, or when you adventure, you yeah. get to draw a card and all that stuff. Edgewell and Keepers a little on the nose. Yeah, those kind of things were like a little bit too overt to be like, hey, if you have a card that gives you card advantage, get more card advantage. Um, yeah. So this is it's more appropriate the way that they understand how that mechanic works now which obviously makes sense because it's the second time or i technically like the third or fourth time they've done adventures um including supplemental sets but um but yeah li yeah like limited has been a blast and i we were talking last week uh about how we thought all the like mechanics fit so well together but they really really do like yeah it just feels like everything meshes so well that you're constantly accidentally triggering things you didn't think you would be able to trigger which happens in limited often enough but this feels like oh man this is just great every mechanic just feels like yeah i don't even have to really build a whole deck only trying to do this one thing it's just like I can do a bunch of different stuff and a lot of the cards that I like fit into multiple categories, um, which yeah. I love. Which is nice during the draft as well, because it lets you pivot. You can think your food and then you're like, oh, actually, you know, the black green food isn't really showing up, but mm -hmm. I'm not left with a pile of useless crap, you mm -hmm. know? Um, yeah. Whereas sometimes when you have this like, oh, like Edgewell Innkeeper sucks in a deck that doesn't have a lot of adventures. That's mm -hmm. yeah, true. So if you don't end up in the adventures deck, it's garbage. Whereas these the cards in this set are a little more forgiving of trying to find a lane. Yeah. Uh, with the exception to like the rat strategy is the only one um, yeah. that's like, hey, you need cards that say rat on them. Otherwise your deck isn't going to work. Um, but they even just, you know, obviously having bodies around to bargain with or um, a lot of the rat cards uh, end up celebrating um, and helping you out in other ways. Like, it's it's great. I'm loving it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of so, pivoting, well, I just want to add a quick anecdote from, I think last night I was drafting. Um, I like pack one, pick one. I think it's called Gumdrop Poisoner. It's, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's that like uh, three mana, three, two with lifelink uh, that has, it's black, it has an adventure where you create a food token, but then uh, when it enters the battlefield, uh, it has uh, target, up to one target creature gets minus X minus X, where X is the amount of life you gained that turn. So the idea is like, um, you know, eat the food on turn five and then play it and you kill a three, three and get your own three, two with lifelink. Um, and I ended up originally thinking, oh, this will be good in a food deck because that's the, the main way you can gain life in the set. And I'm pushing pretty hard to try to be in this food strategy. And then as I went through the draft, I ended up picking up like a Griffin Airy. And I was like, oh, this was going to be good, probably. And then I yeah. <laughs> ended up getting another one. And then it went almost straight right into like white, black, but being able to gain life in different ways 
so that I could actually, my main game plan is just making a bunch of griffins, which uh, mm-hmm. worked okay uh, to middling success, I'd say. I think I went yeah. three, three. Um, okay. But so it wasn't like amazing, but it did feel super fun and new, especially because Griffin Airy is just a card that I initially saw in the Enchanting Tales and was like, ah, that's boring. But then in the context of this set, it's like, oh, actually, it's really fun and good. It's just now every food reads pay two, gain three life, and get a 2-2 flying griffin. I'm like, this is a, I don't know. It would just snuck on, it snuck up on me, even though I already knew that that's how that was going to work out. Um, Just being able to pivot in that way in that draft made it really fun, even though I didn't do super well. But uh, yeah, there is a fair amount of that going on where, especially with the, um, I forget what the name of this set's mystical archive is, but um, with the additional cards that are not standard that are in, in this set. Yes, thanks. Um, enough of them are like, you could build a whole archetype or new deck around this card, but because it's an uncommon or even a rare, that's not going to happen super often. Mm-hmm. But it gives you this, oh, sometimes... You know, black red is just this other deck that's built around this enchantment. Like sometimes it is a sacrifice deck because it got the enchantment that lets you sacrifice creatures to gain life and draw cards. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you know people are always complaining, no, oh, black red is always sacrifice. So they couldn't completely move away from it. Mm-hmm. They gave they made it like a token strategy and then gave it sacrifice outlets in a special um, slot. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes, like, Black Red is sacrifice instead of rats because of this powerful enchantment that's only really good if you want to sacrifice. It's not, like, good enough on its own kind of thing. And I I actually appreciate that. I think the fact that each color pair kind of has a second mode that's not going to happen that often, but is something Mm -hmm. you can pivot to or, like, you know, oh, I'm black-white life gain now um, Mm -hmm. because I got these this rare and these uncommons, like yeah okay this draft on black white life game i yeah i do think that a good number of the enchanting tales actually fit really well into the set more so than some of the other ones we've seen in the past yeah where it's like now we get to print a cool artifact in a retro frame even though it's not very good in draft um it feels like more of the enchanting tales like work yeah it feels like it it was designed with the enchanting tales in mind rather than like let's design a draft format and then shoehorn in some staples into exactly. this slot that people want reprinted it feels a little more thought out this time mm-hmm. where they're like okay we have to get staples people want obviously that's the point of this kind of thing but also let's make sure it, they play with the limited archetypes and like mm-hmm. actually makes sense yeah and obviously some are better than other ones um yeah but i they've just been seeming super cool um and i like it even though i think i picked up a primal vigor once that's like a five man enchantment that doubles up on counters and and uh tokens or something um and i was like or maybe it's just like counters i can't remember and it was the type of thing where you'd be like this seems sweet and then as you're putting the deck together you're like five mana for a do nothing enchantment is not going to be good um yeah and so i saw like, that card i don't remember if my opponent played it or if it was in a draft but i saw it and i was like seems awful so thank you yeah and <laughs> so. no. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, if one or more tokens would be put onto the battlefield, twice that many of those tokens are put on the battlefield. And then same with uh, plus one plus one counters. So I was thinking more so like, I guess it doubles up your food tokens, but I was thinking more it doubles up rolls. And I wanted to see whether I could put rolls on uh, multiple creatures um, or mm -hmm. if it would just trigger rolls twice on the same creature and you just get one of it. And then it would right. just be kind of useless. So then I was like, what is the use case for this card actually? Um, rats. You splash it rats. in your rats. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Double the bats. <laughs> because rats wants to play an off color <laughs> big do nothing <laughs> enchantment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I am excited to be like continuing to build my collection and and all that um and like go into standard soon um i won't have so much time to play arena over the next few weeks but then after that it'll be more exciting so mm -hmm. that will be a focus of mine standard yeah have you in terms of the limited format you say you've been playing all mm -hmm. limited how does it feel for you in terms of like speed and whatnot? I've found it kind of difficult to attack profitably yeah. and win matches that way. It is very grindy. I did, oh gosh, I just played a match. I was playing Rats, which I haven't played very much of because I always end up in white for some reason. So this was a new territory for me. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I end up in white for some reason, not like it's the color I always want to play, but whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't have time to play color pairs. I'm not interested yeah. anymore, man. I, I get like yeah. one draft every once in a while. I'm like, no way I'm playing fucking Simics. Get yeah. out of here. Get the tables. fuck out of here. Stop pushing me into that. Oh, I was, oh, I was, uh, no, wait, side tangent. Um, so I went and played a, uh, a paper event on Monday. So I actually haven't drafted a while. I got to get it in person. Um, but it was with some of our friends. And uh, one of our friends had beaten me with a blue-green deck. And we were outside, and I was just kind of bitching about it, just being like, man, and you just, like, beat the shit out of me with, like, the worst color pair, like, just the worst one. And he kind of looked at me being like, oh, is it, like, considered the worst in this draft format? I was like, no, 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 no. I, no, I don't know that. It's, it's considered the worst in the game. In, in my opinion, <laughs> I don't like that color pair. It's, uh, it's, not, it's not a color pair I like. Um, he's like, oh, okay. I was like, it has... No, 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 it's... it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's not I have like no idea i haven't checked 17 lines yeah Maybe yeah I, I, yeah and like it could be but um anyway i was just uh <laughs> laughing because every once in a while you run into someone who actually likes blue green and i just assume everyone hates it because we do right. <laughs> assume you're gonna get laughs from that one yeah and in <laughs> fact people are like no that's the best color combination and you're like oh no huh. um did we just become enemies yeah, though a lot of times it, it does seem to be like commander players. I'm like, oh, right, because right. it's yeah. so good in your format. That makes yeah, sense. you mean it literally just is the best mm -hmm. in, the, in the games that you play. Yeah. Um, but no, sorry. The story I was actually trying to tell was I was playing Rats, and they're, I'm doing all right getting through and like getting them down to like three life every turn. But that's because they continued to play more and more food cards. And I have Toten Taunts, which is like the um, the Rakdos legendary creature that um, 
when you're a creature yeah. yeah they when they die you make rats and then you can give them death touch so i'm attacking in with my rats every single turn and basically just trading every rat with every card they block with because they're blocking a lot which is very surprising to me but i'm like sure okay i'll yeah, spend my entire cool. turn just swapping my rats with your real cards um but they are able to play three of the um like the the green adventure dude that has a black adventure um it's like a the uncommon the the, the black side makes gives a creature minus two minus two and then it's a five minute five five uh a ginger beard no not ginger beard uh gingerbread hunter um i keep i've, oh, been, yeah. I've been reading that as ginger beard hunter and i was like oh that's cool um <laughs> he, he hunts <laughs> ginger <red> beards. Beards. <laughs> yeah uh, uh anyway um <laughs> yeah so i was finding through three of these where they're like killing a good creature and then making a five five and a food token then i attack in and then they block and i kill it and then they gain three more life and then they play another one and it just goes on and on and on and it was just brutal and i, I was looking in their graveyard because they kept playing more and more food cards and i was like i they must have gained like 12 to like 15 life or something and i'm like this is nuts you should have been yeah. dead so long ago <laughs> yeah. um and i ended up being able to top deck the card i needed to like get back into the game and uh beat them but i was like that was crazy like so much harder than it needed to be like this should have been over like five turns ago and in any other format it would have so i do think that yes going aggro and doing that kind of thing can be really difficult um because there is a bunch of just incidental life gain like we've said for a while that just happens um there also happens yeah. to be like a great common white combat trick that gives lifelink and can do a huge swing and like flip the whole game on its head so yeah i so i haven't looked up anything or mm -hmm. you know Me plugged into what other people think about this format my impression based on the drafts that i'm in is that it must be if not sort of uh like decided i suspect there's rumblings going on about red being the worst color in this set mm -hmm. because red is fucking wide open in every draft i've done mm -hmm. so everyone must have gotten some memo that i did not get but like i cannot draft without the pack being like hey why don't you go red why don't you play red here's some red cards <laughs> and i'm like what is wrong red must suck that's the only way like this could be happening um and almost every draft blue red spells is the archetype that my is. seat wants to be mm -hmm. and i hate that archetype in every set that it's ever in and so i'm like no i'm gonna take green black food yeah <laughs> my deck sucks if yeah. like, uh, oh, what's worse like <laughs> doing poorly with a deck you like or doing well with a deck you don't like but yeah but uh, do you do you really <laughs> like the deck when you don't get all the cards that you want for it yeah, but I don't know that I'm not going to get all the cards That's when true. I start on my stubborn Dude. endeavor. And then by the end, it's like, well, I can't switch into blue-red spells now. It's mm -hmm. way too late for that. Yeah, you got to go early. Even when we were at uh, drafting in person, that was wide open, like blue-red spells. Oh, and I was it's like, always open. Mm -hmm. 
after I see a couple cards, I'm like, damn it, I should have gone blue because I actually some I... weird card that wants to like swap its power and toughness or some shit. Like, oh no, no, Stop those are me this. Those cards are weird. But anyway, uh... Uh, anyway, um, no, I I do like the the blue red spells deck in in this format actually, um, though. To be fair, as we're going through all these things, I do think it's important to know that like one of the best uncommons in the set is a red card. So that's the recruiter or whatever, right? Yeah, um, Imodane's yeah, recruiters, the, like the the Boros like it, one. Yeah, it's bomb. Yeah, that one's insane. I saw that one, but that was passed to me like fifth pick or something. Yeah, I was like, I don't know what's happening because this card seems to be ludicrous. It's but insane, it, and I played it, and I was like, indeed, it, it's ridiculous. Do you know what this card secretly has written on it that people have been reading and forget isn't actually on the card? The the reason that people have like slept on this card early was that for whatever reason, when they read this card, it says uh, the enters about battlefield effect says when Imodane's recruiter enters the battlefield, if two or more creature or non-land permanents enter the battlefield as well, creatures you control get plus one plus zero and haste. It has like a celebration uh, line of oh, text in there right. in your mind that's not there. Right. It just doesn't say that. It just doesn't say that. And yeah. so... I thought you were going to say it was like other creatures, so it doesn't give itself mm -mm. haste. But it no, 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 no. I, I think the amount of people I've talked to who are like, yeah, I thought it was a celebration thing, but it just happens. Cool. I'm like, yeah, it's really good. It would suck if it was celebration. <laughs> But there's something like the fact that you make two two twos so you can trigger celebration makes you think right. that it's a celebration card as you just like scan through it. Um, you're like, nope, it's just a really solid three mana, just three two with haste, you know, that wins you games. Many times where I like attack in and I'm like, I I'm fine on the crackback. There's no way I can lose. And you're like, oh, never mind. If you gain like a good seven power, yeah, that uh, it will yeah. die. Yeah, it could kill me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully the card wasn't like sitting in exile, the adventure zone. When no, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not like yeah, huh. nothing could possibly kill me. Oh, they had another creature and that one that I knew about. Oh, well, never oh mind. yeah. <laughs> I haven't had someone do play the knights and then also play the recruiter to have it all attack, uh, but I'm waiting yeah. for that to happen. That that really sweet eight mana play. Um, I have played it just as a like a three drop before yeah. without it without adventuring it uh three two with haste it hurts that a felt little bit. bad yeah it it hurts it hurts <laughs> i think you... it was the right play and i did win that game probably like, okay mostly because of that early damage i was able to get in mm. but i was just like oh all those yeah. daggers to to but make that play was like you know it's hovering you know, mm -hmm. do i release do i release <laughs> oh, it's so hard because like, is that three damage plus whatever? It could could have been a little bit more with your two drop. Like, would that... Like, you don't know if they're just going to play a food and then, like, gain it back. Yeah. Or just, like, a 4-4. A four, four. And then you're like, mm -hmm. yeah. You're like... <laughs> really wish I'd held this. Yeah. But... But I just had so much gas in my hand and no three drops. So I was like, yeah, all right, we're going to play this as a three drop. And mm -hmm. we then we have a four and we have a five. Like, yeah, there you go. Like, hey, that's what uh, that's what adventures do. They're good at that. Yeah, but I, I was even saying before, and I, I think it's panned out, that mm -hmm. I like this design 
that it doesn't always like it used to always just curve into it adventures yeah. two and creatures three mm -hmm. um the awkwardness has come up for me on a few different cards of the adventure is expensive and the creature is cheap mm -hmm. because especially in limited you're incentivized to just play the creature yeah on curve but then you're like oh man but i'm giving up this sweet sweet adventure mm -hmm. and you're like i just never get that back um yeah i think they did a good job with some of the numbers and and all of it i mean we mentioned this before but you know none of them feel super busted all of them feel really good and fun i i just yeah. i've been having a lot of fun with this set i know it's like only the first week or so but um that's great i would also, say the the boros one does feel a little busted. i think that's like the mythic uncommon yes um but i like that because the set is kind of board stally and not mm -hmm. super aggro so i like that the best uncommon is the aggro card yes because it it's, helps you break through some of these board stalls you're right you're right it's not like the the three mana two two draw card thing where mm -hmm. you're just like yeah this is just kind of a way to cycle through my deck and have more bodies to clog up the board um i did want to ask have you been playing with candy trail with the one mana food clue artifact i always take it being like this will be a 23rd playable kind of thing Mm -hmm. and then it always gets cut it's kind of like you know opt or whatever where yeah i think it's fine to play and when other people play it it's like okay but it never ends up making the cut for me because they're just yeah you have so many playables and formats these it's, days that... it's so true like it's so difficult the amount of playables is insane um mm -hmm. which really makes you need to focus because uh, like normally i'm making just... cuts right and so it's just Always the easiest cuts. cut it's like god get candy trail out of here get that's not gonna thing. It's not going to be in the final um, 40. Yeah, it actually ended up being, it, it fit in my, uh, obviously my Griffin Airy deck because I just needed any like clues I could. And it's something that finds me my Griffin Aries because it scries and draws a card. So that ended up being way more helpful. So now I have a little bit more of like a, when my opponent plays it, I'm like, ah, that's going to be annoying. You're just going to get to like, get some like filter some stuff and get some good cards. And I'm like, yeah, I don't like that because <laughs> I know you're going to have time to crack it. Uh, so, yeah, more. annoying is, is the right word for it. Yes. But it's I've... like, do I want to put this in my deck just to be annoying? Mm -hmm. you know, is it worth it? Exactly. Um, there are some like, have you run into really cool combos in limited or just in the set in general? Uh, so sort of. Uh, or one of my, actually not just combos was but it my first draft ever my first draft ever i think and i can't i think it might have been my first game it might have been my first ever limited game of this format mm -hmm. but my opponent plays impact tremors mm -hmm. on turn two which is whenever a creature etbs it hits me for one mm -hmm. and then they played on turn three skitter the rat king or whatever that makes a rat every turn oh and so base and i didn't have a removal spell in my hand mm -hmm. which basically meant i was on quite the clock now because yeah. every single turn a rat was going to be made which will ping me that turn for like almost gave the rats haste because mm -hmm. it pings me that turn for one and then they're going to be attacking with these rats and then literally the next at least next two i think three in a row their next three plays were 
um, the red removal spell that puts a young hero token. Oh god! So now their rats are all young heroes, and I have no blockers because they keep dying. Mm-hmm. And I just got like absolutely swarmed by this like ridiculous like, turn two, turn three. Even though I don't think impact tremors is very good, um, it looked really good here. Mm-hmm. Although realistically, I was just going to lose to the Rat King, making a creature return because I couldn't kill it. Yeah, um, I. But that was a fun little combo that I was. Just like yeah. what just happened to me? Is that was that a normal game of limited? Like it didn't feel like a normal game of limited. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, yeah. yeah, cut in ends up being a lot. That's the red removal spell that like ends up being bet much better. Like for what I expect a four mana deal the same amount of damage as its mana cost spell. Yeah. You know, it always yeah. feels like, oh, that card sucks. But then, like, I think young hero tokens are just much better than I thought they were. They are. I think I, my brain thought it stopped at three. No, not it stopped at four. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also it's it cares about toughness, not power. Yeah, I always thought it cared about power. So, like, if you do have like um, the uh, uh, Sir Ginger, it goes up and up and up because that's a three one, and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, so you're gonna just the three one green card that like comes back later when enchantments die or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, whatever that the elf is called, uh, elf thing, I think. Um, but yes, yeah. elf thing is the correct, yeah, 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 yeah. it's thing. pretty sick. Yeah. Um, no, that's that's great. I do think Impact Tremors is good in in that rat deck. Like, if I see it, I will be like, "Oh, this card's for my deck. I yeah. I should have it." Yeah. Um, I'm not even sure my opponent was playing a rat deck. Oh, it just. I, mean, well, I, guess, I guess that's they were true. Black red, so probably they. There was like, rats. The only creature they played. <laughs> the only like, one they if had, I had to a removal play. spell. This game would have been so different. Yeah. Um, I've been having a lot of fun with different uh, like white green not just uh, okay is it fun i'm not doing the combos or the the tricks that's what i have to say they are getting done to me but i still think they're super cool um and i really want to do more of them but like a really easy one is like um cooped up is the uh, pacifism of the set but you can also pay three and uh put a trigger on the stack that exiles the enchanted creature uh now you can put that on the stack with full control and instant speed bargain you're cooped up and it will still exile the creature which is nice very awesome um as well as there is a rare that i've decided i will not be talking about in worth of slots so i will talk about it right now um but uh have you played against yenna red tooth regent it's the uh two green white for the four four legendary creature elf noble at rare yeah. and it has an ability you can pay to and tap it and choose target enchantment uh, you control that doesn't have the same name as another permanent you control create a token that's a copy of it except it isn't legendary if the token is an aura untap yenna and then scry to activate only as a sorcery um originally i was reading this and i was thinking wow this is no good um, I don't like this at all. It, it's a four mana four four, and you have to wait a whole turn to do the whole thing. Um, but playing against it when you don't have removal, it was horrible. It was like 
hey, this creature, uh, I made it monstrous or I made it into a monster earlier. Um, and then Yetta comes down and Yetta like taps, copies the monster token, puts it on herself. She untaps. Now I, there's two creatures that are like four and five power with trample and they both attack. And then you can <laughs> bargain the one off of Yenna to use it for an ability and then make another copy, do it again. And you're like, what is happening? <laughs> it's like, it was so annoying. And that was even, that was just with somebody using just like the, the roll tokens. I was like, if these were right. even better enchantments, like <laughs> <laughs> this is awful. Um, that's all. That sounds pretty sweet. It's, it's super sweet. Um, and so it ended up going like much higher in my books. Originally, I was like, ah, oh, that that's just not a good card. And after playing against it, I was like, that's a pretty sweet card. Um, mm -hmm. It's definitely a glass cannon, but it's, but you know, those are, I have a really soft spot for those types of archetypes. So um, seems very awesome. Yeah. yeah. At the very least, it's a four, 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 four unlimited. Yeah. Can't be that bad. Can't be that bad. Um, before we move on to our worth of slots, which I do want to get to soon, um, mm -hmm. do you, how much do you hate gruff triplets? <laughs> I actually have never encountered it. That yeah. is lucky. I think we talked about yeah. this last. I've episode. played an amount that I should have encountered it. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that some of my opponents had it in their deck somewhere, and I was fortunate enough not to have it cast against me. Yeah um it's a beating um it's one of the reasons so last week i had talked about uh playing against gruff triplets what what sorry gruff triplets gruff triplets <laughs> gruff triplets and yeah. uh being able to fight through it it was totally fine that was the first time i encountered that card and i just happened to have two bounce spells in my hand and so it ended up going perfectly fine for me because i can also block correctly so i don't die and also don't make them huge um but boy playing against it when you only have one removal spell is awful and it's just regular you're like i'm dead like i'm dead next yeah. turn <laughs> like i can't even kill it when you attack like maybe i could try to tap one of them and stun it or something but like that's it's... the thing it needs like a very specific circumstance right like oh i have two mm -hmm. exile removal spells yeah and even in that situation you're still down a card <laughs> like, mm -hmm. yeah. you still have an extra creature from playing this and you just... cast two like you're you basically got three for one because mm -hmm. you you got two for one on the literally just two for one and then they still have a creature around so yeah um yeah it's ridiculous like it feels like the card is you know, from your standpoint, if the opponent plays it, best case scenario, day three for one you. Mm -hmm. Most scenarios, you just lose. Yeah, basically. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, luckily, the bounce spells I, play, I was playing do replace themselves because they're the blue ones right. that... Uh... That's like the only way to not get mm -hmm. three for one by this thing. So that <laughs> ends up being really, really, really helpful. So I, I have been seeing that card uh, be just wheel not gruff triplets but the the removal spell the blue one in the basically that is it deck um hey that's one way to get through that uh so there you go i did get totally wrecked by 
oh, I'm not going to remember the name of it, but it was a creature that wiped my entire board when it came into play. Um, what? It was, yeah, they had... What color Basically, is it? my opponent was missing land drops. So what they were doing was um, tapping their artifact to loot and then create a treasure to like mm -hmm. bank up mana. Yeah. And they were looting creatures into the yard like crazy. And then they played this thing that exiled a bunch of creatures and like gave my whole team minus four, minus four or something. Like they were dead next turn and I was just I was just slamming creatures onto the board oh. thinking there's no way to lose. And then there's this black creature that you can exile some creatures from your graveyard, which my opponent was able to do because they'd just been looting all game mm -hmm. and just wiped my board clean. And I was like, well, that's one way to lose this game, I suppose. I thought there was no way. But yeah. So know. I found the card. So it's called Specter of Mortality. And for be the one. you listeners... <laughs> Uh, be a, like wary. I haven't seen that. This is the first time I've actually read this card, honestly. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, got, it got me good. Let's just yeah. Say. So don't get got by Spectre of Mortality. It's a five mana, three, three with flying. And when it enters, you can do exactly what Jeff said exile one or more creature cards from your graveyard. And then each other creature. The other thing is, my opponent had only mountains in play. Well, I had no idea. Oh. They were, and they discarded <laughs> oh. only red cards. So I was like, what could they possibly do? That's the best. That's so funny. Oh, Played yeah. off of the treasures from the freaking tower. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's so funny. Holy shit. And I did not need to play the last creature or whatever for lethal. I was just mm -hmm. I was just slamming my hand. I, I, the game was already over in my mind because my opponent's mm -hmm. sitting there with some stupid artifact looting. And it doesn't do anything. Creatures every day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, and whatever. it turns I... out the fact that they... Like wiping my board, they still would have lost, I think, because I actually had backups to play. Mm -hmm. But wiping my board and a creature at the same time yeah. was exactly enough for them to stabilize. Mm. I was just like, huh, well, there's a card. Not going to say I won't lose to that card again. But yeah. <laughs> well, I if my opponent just starts to dump creatures into the graveyard, I will be prepared yeah. for that. Um. Yeah, because not only it's either what I thought you were going to say, because it's either Spectre of Mortality to wipe your board, but also this card's not nearly as good, but Lich Knight's Conquest is the five minute sorcery mm -hmm. where you can sacrifice any number of uh, bargain targets and then get that many creatures back from your graveyard onto the battlefield. Which that would have been funny as well. Yeah, just like, hey, I made all these treasures and now I'm going to sack all the treasures and my tower to play every creature that I discarded. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, Oh, That's no. like the living end deck from Modern or whatever, where you just oh, cycle right. creatures and then, mm -hmm. and then they're back. back. <sighs> anyway, I I've been loving this format, and I I know there's a ton more to explore. So I still need is... to figure out aggro. I keep getting I keep Boros. falling a little short. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you draft an insane Boros deck, that's how you aggro. But I want to learn just how how can I always be aggressive? Mm -hmm. like, how do I draft aggro? Because the food tokens make make it a really they really do make a difference. Yeah, and I find I'm always like you know five damage short, something like that. Yes, and I get off to a hot start. I'm feeling really good. 
something comes down gums up the board and there's like food tokens sitting around my opponent always seems to have time to, to get them so mm -hmm. i do think need to prioritize like ways of punching through the ground more or just sure. you just open goblin bombardment man come on yeah that'd, um, that'd be an option as well yeah. yeah well that and they also have the other uh enchanting tales um uh what's the two mana red enchantment that when you attack with creatures with power two or less it deals a damage to your opponent that one. Oh yeah um, yeah so i actually one of my most successful drafts was me forcing rats from the beginning but basically what happened was so i like to do this i like to try to just force an archetype in the early stages and just see what happens because mm -hmm. sometimes archetype like sometimes forcing is not actually a bad idea mm -hmm. um, some formats allow that but basically what happened in this one is i got a bunch of those stupid um enchantments so i got that one mm -hmm. then i got the one that's like uh whenever a creature attacks gets plus one plus oh for each other creature that shares a creature oh yeah it. i had that card too yeah 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 and so i'm like staring at these two cards i'm like all right well i guess i'm in i'm doing rats because it's yeah, this <laughs> is what this says yeah you know? and then i got the black enchantment that lets me sack things and draw a card and so i was like well i'm fully all in on this even though i haven't seen a single rat card mm -hmm. yet and I got very few, like clearly two other drafters were in rats or something. Cause I got yeah. almost no rat generators, but you know what? The deck just worked. It just, every game, it just played out. I made some rats, I played a couple of these dumb enchantments and there was literally nothing my opponent could do. It was just way too much damage. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't get seven. I think I got six, um, which is way more than that deck deserved. So that's why it's like way up in my head as being this mm. like excellent draft. Cause I honestly thought 03. Yeah. I think I had seven creatures in the deck. Like it was not a good deck. I should not have yeah. forced. Hey, yeah. all these enchantments so. that care about creatures on the battlefield. I don't need to play creatures. Yeah. yeah. yeah I don't need to. Um, I mean, I think I had some spells that can create creatures or whatever, but um, yeah, totally. Like, if you, you looked at the stats, them. it would say like seven creatures. Yeah, creatures in the deck or something. Um, I even had like Lord Skaters, whatever, which comes to it's basically like Phyrexian Arena for mm -hmm. two mana, but you have to have an you have to have a pantsed up creature. Yes, a pantsed up. So I just I had like all of these enchantments that really, really need you to have creatures. Creatures, and then I had a couple of creatures, but I just happened to draw, you know, the rat that the makes nuts. another rat, and like yeah stuff like that things just things just went my way and so that's mm. the draft i remember the most as the lesson was don't force rats but somehow i did that and came out with a six win deck so amazing do force rats yeah <laughs> like, i say yes i say yes yeah. force, force, rats. force rats every draft that's great um awesome well jeff has it just been enough drafts where i hadn't gotten rats yet and i was mm -hmm. like fuck this i'm playing rats now <laughs> I, uh, it's the deck i wanted to play the whole time yeah and the packs are always like why don't you try blue red and i'm like fuck you packs fuck you packs <laughs> i'll play red though but not these ones that say instants and sorceries on them yeah yeah um not interested in that okay jeff i think we should move on to our worth of slots and Let's get do it. rolling on that um yeah as always, I forgot the ceremonial toonie, wherever it is. I have a, I, uh, I have a bottle cap, though. All right. Do you want to flip a bottle cap to see who goes first? Sure. All right. You call it in the air. 
Okay. Carol Hart logo. Yes. All right. You got it. It's the top. So I get to go first. You get to choose. And we'll snake. I draft shall def it. defer to you. Okay. All right. So. Should we explain what these are in case? Oh yeah. Oh shit. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jeff, do you want to explain what worthless lots are and what we do with our first sips episodes? Would love to. Uh, so worthless slots are where we take a step back. We look at the set as a whole. We consider all of the intricacies, all of the different connections the cards have mm -hmm. with each other, with the past, you know, two or three years of cards in standard. Explore all of that, and we curate a perfect list for you guys <laughs> of the cards that we think are most likely to see some play. Are they worth a slot in your deck? Our answer is yes. Now, we have some categories here to make things more interesting based on the uh, well-known sport of basketball, if you've mm -hmm. heard of it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So uh, the first one is a layup. This is basically, we're not going out on a limb here. These are the best cards in the set. Everyone kind of knows they're good. It's not a secret, but we're just calling them out the one that speaks to us in particular as this will see play, it's worth a slot in your deck. It's, it's a good card. Uh, then we have a three-pointer. These are cards that are usually they're powerful, but they need things to go a certain way in order for them to actually pierce the metagame. Um, they're good cards, but hey, maybe, you know, maybe there's no whatever um, deck for it mm -hmm. in this standard format. Then we have one of my favorites, the half-court shot. Uh, this is basically, it just is cards that Zach and I wish were good, but they're not, mm -hmm. um, is what it tends to be. But every once in a while, one of them actually makes a splash or like does pretty well. And so it's fun to have these. These are unlikely to actually make their way into the metagame, um, but we like them anyways, and we want to talk about them. That's right. Um, so Jeff is deferring. So I have to go first. Um, now, Jeff, I know there's one card that we both are probably looking at, and it seems very obvious, which is exactly what a layup is. However, yep. I did pick a different card, uh, that oh. we've also talked about before that I'm, I will pick for this. It's very on brand for me. So obviously I have to, um, we're dipping our toes back into the foxhole with uh, Were Fox Bodyguard. Yeah. Uh, one white, white for the 2 2 Elf Fox, Knight Creature with Flash. When it enters the battlefield, exile up to one other target non Fox creature until it leaves. And then you can pay one and a white to sacrifice it and you gain two life. So, last episode, we did talk about this card and all the use cases for it, where it's removal for your opponent's creatures at instant speed, it's protection for your own creatures at instant speed. But you know what I didn't mention about what this card can do last time is that this card also easily gets rid of non uh, sorry creature lands so the other versions of this card brutal cathar as well as uh, skyclave apparition that we've had in standard neither of those could reliably get rid of creature lands because skyclave said non-land permanence and brutal cathar only does it on your turn so most of the time their creature land is not activated. 
Now with Werefox Bodyguard, you do get to eat their creature land and keep it for as long as they can. Uh, you can keep this creature on the battlefield. So that ended up coming up in a draft where I had drafted this card because I've been lucky enough to play this twice in drafts, which is another reason why I've probably gone white. Um, and that felt very good to be like, oh, sorry, you're not playing this card anymore. <laughs> yeah. And when you do destroy it on your turn, uh, it does come into play tapped and all that stuff. So I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm happy with uh, all the new ways I've found to play this card. And uh, I think uh, with the just injection of all these uh, creature lands that if this couldn't deal with those, I think that would be a knock against it, but because it can bumps it up straight to a layup. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good call out on the actually gets creature lands. One scenario that while you were just talking about that, that popped into my head that I feel like it's just fun to call out. Now, if you're playing Explorer, uh, don't try to eat a Mutavault with this because Mutavault's mm -hmm. a fox. Yes, that's <laughs> very good. As well as um, Safeless Haven. So both mm -hmm. of those are shapeshifters. Um, they cannot get faceless. hit by this. Did you say huh. Safeless or Faceless? Anyways, Faceless the, Haven. Whatever I said is probably yeah. wrong. Faceless Haven, yeah. Um, that is actually really funny and annoying because obviously yeah. the... <laughs> the non-fox clause is so that you don't loop them, but it also makes those cards even better. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely something that's going to happen to someone because this is for sure Explorer playable. Mm -hmm. And so somebody is going to flash it in to try to eat a Mutavault. I guess uh, you could just block the Mutavault, but eat a token, yeah. block a Mutavault. Yeah. Because... They're, they're going to like do the old pretend they knew and... But... <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> when you see them stalling after they've played the the bodyguard on arena you know what happened yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good um perfect jeff anyway what is your layup okay so i hemmed and hawed about this for a while i think last week mm -hmm. you might have got the opposite impression of the card i'm going to go with but there were sort of two cards i was considering um that's why i wanted to defer to you because okay. then if you took one of those two cards i could take the other one um but i think in the end i land on mosswood dread knight yeah as my selection for my layup um we've talked about this before but in case you haven't heard of it uh didn't listen and haven't played arena or Any talk standard, to anyone. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mosswood Dread Knight is a 3 2 for 2 with Trample. Um, it has an adventure called Dread Whispers, which is one in a black. And it's you draw a card and you lose a life. And the nice thing about the Dread Knight is when it dies, you can cast it from your graveyard as an adventure. So there's a history of wizards printing these like interesting creatures that kind of can come back from the graveyard forever, but it's like slow and dirtily. But none of them have ever been pushed like this. They're usually weird skeletons that like mm -hmm. come back tapped or something. Yeah. This is a 3-2 trample for two, um, which is already pushing I'm interested. Mm -hmm. And the adventure is fine. Like It's not good. Mm -hmm. You'd never play Dread Whispers on its own. But stapled onto this, it's pretty solid. But then I actually love this recursion idea of well, you're going to cast Dread Whispers just because that's how you bring this Dread Knight back. 
by the time this thing dies, you probably have four mana. So it's sort of like, you know, it's, I think of it very similarly to the, uh, the three, two with, that comes from your graveyard. Um, uh, Tenacious Underdog? Tenacious Underdog, yeah. And I think it compares quite favorably to Tenacious Underdog. And so I think what we'll see is a lot of these black mid-range piles. We'll start seeing them sort of morph into Golgari mid-range decks mm-hmm. um, with this card just being the all-star to drop that they've sort of needed. Yeah, no, this card, you're going to see this everywhere. This is, I don't even have to wait until the end of the set to say that this was uh, a home run slam dunk, slam dunk yeah. pick. It's very good. I've played a small amount of standard and I've already run mm-hmm. into this card so many times. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's just like the card to play, the card to beat. It's it's great. Um, and it, it plays well too. Like some mm-hmm. cards read well and then when you play them, you're like, oh, actually, that's maybe that's too slow. No, this card just nope. is good. Fits in perfectly. I think the numbers are right. It's a good one. It's good. Um, yeah. All right, Jeff. Um, we're snake drafting this, as I tried to mention at the beginning. So you are up for three pointer. Surprise. Okay. <laughs> the three pointer I had some trouble with because there's a lot of cards that I just think are good and then cards that are obviously bad. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think there were so many sort of in the middle there. Um, I think what I did decide, I, I don't want to say it's a cop out, but mm-hmm. what I did decide to go with is just one of my my faves that I think is powerful after playing with it a little bit. And uh, maybe I'll post a deck list into the Discord. Mm. Um, but I think I've talked about it in literally the past two uh, shows we did okay relate to this set so here it is again i'm gonna select food fight because right. i love this card mm-hmm. um this is a one in a red enchantment artifacts you control basically you can pay two to sack it to deal well okay one plus the number of food fights you control so the first food fight lets you sack artifacts for two mm-hmm. but subsequent ones stack and so then it's three and then it's four which is really neat because often enchantments like this it's worthless to have a second one enchantments Mm -hmm. that give things activated abilities yeah um so this was a nice way to get around that because when i've been playing with this card i'm often like "Ooh, i should wait to get the second food fight down because then i'm gonna Mm -hmm. deal so much more damage Um, but yes i've been playing this card i just crafted it i was like "I, i need to try it now uh, I'm not going to draft. I did pick up a couple in drafts, and then mm-hmm. I crafted the last two and just made a deck. So um, I like it. I think it's powerful, and there's an outside chance that this is actually good. I I'm very excited to see your food fight deck um, because it does seem it does seem great. But I'm just really I. <laughs> I, I just want to see what you, you can do with it because it's definitely the kind of thing where I'm like, oh, that seems sweet. Next thing, you know. Um, <laughs> oh, it's so basic right now. It's just like four of all the cards we talked about. It's like, yeah. Uh, four Sir Ginger, four Food Bite. Four. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, it's so I, fun, though. It's yeah. been doing well. It's so fun. Well, you know, if you hop right on that, it's, you know, these first episodes are so rough because, um, 
picking your your favorite cards for these things can be um mm-hmm. can be difficult um though you know this because my three-pointer is a card that you obviously just mentioned as sir ginger um nice which i you know almost seems too powerful to me to be a three-pointer but it does yeah. have th- three power so i'm okay with that <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah there, <laughs> there, there you go there you go <laughs> yeah. um so i could have used mosswood dread knight for your th- <laughs> yeah <laughs> for your three-pointer um the thing about this card is that like i think it after playing with it um it definitely needs uh you need artifact synergy with it like it's really not good enough like you know there have been white decks that have played like the the two minute three one with flash that you can sacrifice to destroy a enchantment and artifact or whatever um but Mm -hmm. that card was only good because it had flash and you had a it was also a spell basically this card doesn't do that and is very conditional with like needing like it gets really good if there's a planeswalker but it's really bad if you don't have any artifact synergy because it dies to everything um so it would need a deck and i think that a food fight deck or a treasure deck or um something where you're you're very you have to lean into this you can't just put this into whatever deck you want um even though the mana cost says you can um yeah after after actually you know playing around with it a bit i think it does need to have it's a little bit more specific than just all around good card um which is why i'm leaning i mean leaning why i decided it's a three-pointer instead of a instead of a layout. yeah i think this is a totally reasonable three-pointer i don't think yeah. it's too strong i i was considering it as well actually pretty much every card in my food fight deck was on the table for this <laughs> yeah <laughs> three-pointer option i thought tough cookie was too strong so i was like nah tough cookies like obviously good (laughs) (laughs) for a three-pointer i bet tough cookie uh tough cookie is another card that i just love uh that would be a good three-pointer i think like yeah it's not obviously a layup but oh it's um, so good though like that's if if because if i well now we're just talking about tough tough cookie but yeah talk about tough cookie if if people are just playing that in standard that would be kind of a surprise to me and be like oh this is sick like what a cool standard format where you can actually play tough cookie and it gets Mm -hmm. there um so yeah yeah i think black green food might be a real thing like i think that Mm -hmm. might be a reasonable way to try to build green black mid-range is sort of with the food theme Mm-hmm. And in that case, tough cookie is kind of a slam dunk, but um, maybe it's not. Maybe it's better to just do the Mosswood Dread Knight Shieldred, mm-hmm. uh, like Rat Lord as your three drop kind of thing. But uh, uh, yeah, the Rat Lord, another one I was considering, but I think it's too strong. Like it's just, it's kind of reminiscent of uh, those that goblin that used to make things every turn. Um, uh, God. But anyways, it dominated its standard format at the time. Obviously, this one doesn't snowball the same way that one. So that one would mm-hmm. attack, and then it would get plus one plus zero for each goblin you had. But it would make a goblin on combat. Um, oh right, the uh, the um, goblin marshal or something. Yeah, there was a, there was one that was like a 
they remade it, but it is in Guilds of Ravnica and it was a different card and it was worse. And then yeah, the one I'm thinking of is, is the, the better version one. Okay, so the one I'm talking about is not the good one. Copy that. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, um, but like I've just seen people play the Rat Lord in their Black Wind Range decks just as mm-hmm. their three drop. I think yeah. kind of taking the Graveyard Trespasser slot. Because it eats it's, something from the graveyard. And it's then, been solid. Yeah. I mean, for my deck in particular, where mm-hmm. I run almost no removal and can't really deal with boards that go super wide that easily. Yeah. I was just like, oh, well, I don't know if I could beat that. <laughs> yeah. <that's... laughs> when you play it on turn three on the play. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it's mildly annoying that you're exiling my, my whole graveyard every like. Um, yeah, I think the rat's just kind of a good card. So there was a lot of cards mm-hmm. like that, right? That are like, traditionally, we would think of them as maybe being in the three-pointer slot. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, is this too good? I don't know. It feels like it's too good to really yeah, use as a three-pointer with a straight face. Uh, I mean, like, it's been all over the board. Um, but I think that's totally I fine. mean, I did put Lear in, in this category once. So. It's true. And... <laughs> You know, so I you know, I think that we should also uh, make an addendum of like, you know, maybe three pointers are also like, hey, you have a couple in your deck or, you know, it, it makes the sideboard. Um, yeah. That kind of thing. Uh, though neither of the cards we just talked about uh, fit into that at all. Anyway, um, it's time for my half court shots and looking forward to this. You know, Jeff. It's really hard to talk about cards you're really excited about when a set is starting and not mm-hmm. talk about the cards that you're actually going to be picking for your worthless slots. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. Every time I'm looking at a card, I'm like, this is sweet. I want to talk about this right now. And in fact, when it comes time to pick our worthless slots, I'm like, shit. Um, already uh, talked about all the cards. Already I talked, to talked about, about. Yeah, exactly. So, I'm going back. I'm double dipping. You know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm just the whole run of it is just, these are the cards I'm excited about. I don't want to fight it. Um, I think that my half court is not just this card, but what we were talking about is Ariette of the Charmed Apple is the real, you know, half court shot. That's the real one, you know, because that deck looks hard to put together and bad in standard, but Mm-hmm. Um, in combination with your suggestion, uh, which, which is the asinine antics, that is that's the you know half court shots end up being like decks basically. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just go listen to last episode because we went uh, we talked about this for a long time. So figure out. I mean, obviously you can read the cards and figure out the combo, but you know, I, I'm going to be playing Esper Enchantments, basically, and I get to play my Werefox in it, and I get to play, well, my other enchantment things, so <laughs> I'm excited for it. It's going to be, it's going to be great. Um, yeah. And it's, it's going to make it. It's going to, I'm going to win half, 50, 50%, no, 50% of my games is a lot. I was thinking, like, it's a half court, so it's half of the time I make it in. That doesn't make any sense, yeah. but anyway. That's not how it works. No. <laughs> Uh, Zach, I don't think you understand basketball. <laughs> yeah, have you uh, watched basketball before? <laughs> All right, Jeff. Um, I love that. Uh, I, I love me a combo deck that is mm-hmm. only good if my opponent has a ton of creatures. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I want from my combos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so this is really good if you are uh if i'm behind um yeah <laughs> which you know i'm gonna be behind most of the time i'm sure yeah. <laughs> we play a control deck i don't know if my deck does anything but mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay so i again hemmed and hawed about this one a little bit but i'm gonna bring up something so i'm gonna name the card and then i want to see if you know what, what i'm talking about so okay the card that I've selected for my half-court shot is Bramble Familiar. Yes. So this is one and a green for a 2-2. Two, two. You can tap it to add a green. You can pay one and a green, tap it, and discard a card to return it to its owner's hand. Blah, blah, blah. It has an adventure called mm -hmm. Fetch Quest, and this is five green green. Love that name, by the way. Um, but you mill seven cards, put a then you put a creature enchantment or land card from among the milled cards onto the battlefield. Um, so do you know why I picked this card? Uh, because you want green to be able to be in standard. Let's see. You, um, probably, you probably want it to fit into... It says... Okay, is this in your, your food fight deck? Because you can go find a food fight. Uh, no, but okay. I, I like that. But yeah, <laughs> I don't have time. I don't have time. Yeah, it's it's uh, way too way too late in the game to find <laughs> one more food fight. Okay, so this is something I found out about yesterday. Mm. Um, there is a cascade deck in standard. Oh, so there's a card at called uh invasion of alara yes so invasion of alara basically it's a it's an invasion it costs one of each mana mm -hmm. um, but when it comes into play it lets you cascade sort of for cmc four or less so you oh are you doing that bullshit <laughs> so you cascade now the only card with mana value four or less in your deck actually you're allowed one other one because mm -hmm of the wording on invasion of alara it's you get to pick two mm -hmm. and then one goes in your hand and one gets cast for free um so the only card other than one slot that's up to you in your deck that will fit this bill is bramble familiar now you get everyone's favorite interaction where when you mm -hmm. hit bramble familiar off of a cascade you're actually allowed to cast the adventure. In, you, you could cast the card and you could cast it in either possible mm -hmm. way. So you cast Fetch Quest. What you're hoping to do is basically put a giant creature. I don't know, maybe a Traxa, but it's, you know, don't let me tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. um, but you put Itali, you put a Traxa, you put um, something like that. Or. You can put, uh, let me just look this up to make sure I have the name of it right, Cemetery Gatekeeper. Oh, yes. No, not Cemetery Gatekeeper. The, the Black Gatekeeper. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, da, 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 da. Are they, is it called Gatekeeper? No, no, no. It's just the black one that... Uh... Oh, it's Cemetery something, right? Yes. Gatekeeper is not the... No, yeah, cemetery all... desecrator yes so cemetery desecrator etbs you exile a card from a graveyard what you can do is then remove x counters from a permanent so if you have mm -hmm. a seven drop in your graveyard which you probably do because you milled seven cards and your deck plays all seven drops 
you exile it, and then you remove seven counters from Invasion of Alara. It conveniently has seven um, <laughs> health or whatever yeah. that these sieges have. <laughs> so it transforms then into Awaken the Maelstrom, which oh uh, you get to draw two cards. You put an artifact from your hand into play. You create a token as a copy of a permanent you control. Distribute three plus one plus one counters, and you destroy a permanent and opponent controls. And so basically, um, you pretty much should win the game. I, I <laughs> would be hard to imagine a scenario where you evasion of Alara and do not win the game. Um, the rest of the deck, you have to fill out with creatively mm -hmm. with very expensive cards that have mm -hmm. alternate ways to cast them that are not expensive. So the mana value has to be above four. Mm -hmm. And you're generally shooting for seven because you want to exile it with your uh, Cemetery Desecrator. So we're talking like channel cards. We're mm -hmm. talking uh, we're talking the Virtue, the Black Virtue, that's your removal spell, but it's actually right. a seven drop. Okay, um, sure. Like that's the whole deck. It seems plausible. Now, mm -hmm. if you've ever played against this kind of stuff, you know it's really brittle. Like mm -hmm. it's not that hard to for a, a well-timed make disappear to really fuck everything up. <laughs> but the deck seemed, it seems like all the pieces are there. So I was like, I want this channel deck to be a thing. And I think that there's an outside chance that this kind of shows up every once in a while. So that's why I selected uh, Bramble, Bramble Familiar. familiar. So, so my, uh, <laughs> I, I, I like it in the sense that it's very creative and cool. I hate it because I think that card interaction is so shitty, but... Um, <laughs> but here's why I'm okay with it, right? There's no point where I said, here's how you cheat Invasion of Alara into play. Like That's true. You, you, still, you have to cast Invasion of Alara. That's true. And it's white, blue, black, red, green. Mm -hmm. So the way you like trigger your big cascade combo is invasion of war um so obviously you're playing like five color that's how you get um the names are just messing with me today the removal spell that costs less by domain um that's oh, like a removal of... spell you can play that won't fuck up your cascade yeah uh, so you're playing this in that kind of shell the you have heard migration like as mm -hmm. your another big expensive spell that you're casting for two it's kind of like taking that, like realistically, this is probably a worse version of five color control, mm -hmm. but I think it's a way Cooler. more interesting one. Yeah, it's <laughs> less mid rangey, which I like. I'm I'm, I'm much yeah. more interested in playing against this deck actually than right. Um... Like I'm probably never going to build this for sure. Actually, for sure because there's just too many wild cards that I don't want to spend. But mm -hmm. I want other people to play this. I want to play against it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh well, that I had no idea about that deck. That's awesome. Um, yeah, when and... I came across it, I'm like, we have to include this. Like, oh, yeah, we got to talk about this. Absolutely, because <laughs> everything just lines up so well too. I love the cemetery desecrator removing the seven that... counters from the invasion. Like this is the kind of thing that, like, when you think about magic decks and the weird kitchen table bullshit that people come up with. This is the type of deck that uh, you end yeah. up playing or kid play because uh, it it is like 
kind of bullshit. Oh, though, to be fair, no, this specific interaction is not something you'd find in a uh, kitchen table because yeah, because nobody would know that. be like, oh yeah, you could probably just cast the other version of yeah, the yeah. card when but you the, get into it. But the Rube Goldberg kind of like, okay, if I have, if I build my deck in the very specific way where I play this card and then it unfolds, um, that reminds me of that. So it makes me think of uh, Dexperado by MTG Remy. Oh, I've never seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen that video, go look it up. But uh, it's basically just him making fun of players that try to do stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's very good. Uh, all of MTG Remy stuff is, is amazing. Um, yeah. But all right, Jeff, uh, we also have a couple other uh, slots in our worth a slot, which are cards that we believe are overrated and cards that we think are underrated. Uh, in the set, and well, you're you're first up. What do you have an overrated card? Do you have anything that you're you're looking at, or people are talking about, and you're like, "What the hell are you talking about? What the fuck is this? Like, why are you talking about this?" I do. So this mm. is mostly just from I've been running into some, like I said, black green mid range. Been running into mm. just some decks online, and they all seem to include this card. And I'm always kind of like. Oh, oh, that does that doesn't seem worth the inclusion. Yeah. Um. So the card that I'm talking about is Blossoming Tortoise. Oh yeah. I know this is like a high level. It's the mythic rare of the set, and a lot of people are very excited about this. Uh, what does this card do? This card seems like like medium at best, <laughs> and I can't imagine just jamming it into a black green mid range deck. Like if you have. No. If you have a reason to play this card, maybe like it's a ramp card or something, but it's two green green for a three three when it ETBs you mill three, then return a land from your graveyard to the battlefield tap. Or or attacks. It does that. Or when it attacks, it also yeah. triggers that. Yeah, it just never does because it's a four mana three three. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> activated abilities of lands you control cost one less to activate. So that's pretty good. Your creature land costs one less. It, mm -hmm. That's actually significant. And then it lands you control get plus one plus one. Also good, but these kind of pumps are always way worse than they seem mm -hmm. because I can always kill this. So you're going to commit to a combat where those stats matter, and then I'm going to kill this, mm -hmm. and then your stats leave. And so, like, these things are always less good than they look. Creatures that, like, these weird pseudo-lord effects. Mm -hmm. Like, these effects are good when they're pumping your whole team. Mm -hmm. When they pump, like, one creature that you have to pay for every turn, that's a pretty bad lord <laughs> really effect. Yeah. The only reason I've ever seen to play this card mm -hmm. is um, I did... I did lose a game to this card. Okay. And my opponent <laughs> had this card in play, and they activated one of their creature lands. And they equipped it, or not equipped, sorry. They aura did. They, they pantsed it up. <laughs> pantsed with... <laughs> um, God, what's the... Basically something that gave it fire breathing for a colorless mana. But it like has that um I would have to look this up, but basically they did a combo where they gave the land the ability to uh fire breathe, mm -hmm. but it was free because of the tortoises. Oh um, because of the tortoises ability. So I just died. 
and I was like, okay, that's cool. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, a cool combo. I can accept that one. Like, yeah, I can see why you're playing that tortoise now. Um, outside that... of weird stuff like that, like I don't know, this card doesn't seem that good. Honestly, this is the type of card I haven't seen anybody excited about this, but it looked like the type of to me originally uh half court shot that you would like for your like um uh what's his face the panther dude deck with the the jund lands go your graveyard deck um, oh yeah Ooh. that's that's what i thought that this was originally i was like yeah, oh this yeah, looks like yeah, a yeah. as soon as i saw like lands actually i'm gonna graveyard. use this as my underrated card hold on yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that's what i thought originally i was like oh this looks like a card jeff will pick for that cool yeah and it's then, one of those classic weird cares about lands cards yeah like, i'm not gonna really care about this too much jeff will tell me if it's good or not apparently it's bad so um yeah fuck this card stupid uh stupid <laughs> card <laughs> Soul of Wind Grace, this is not. Yeah, Soul of Wind Grace, yeah. <laughs> um, it would just be in addition to that deck, I guess, um, as a way to mail extra stuff. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, I, I really want to see what that, that land, pants up land deck is. That sounds cool. Yeah, pants up land. Let me um, see if I can find it just in the background here. But I'm trying to remember the name of the card. It's ba That's basically the combo. You put an aura on it that gives it fire breathing for one colorless. But it mm -hmm. actually like gives that ability to the land of yeah. the creature. Mm -hmm. And so because activated abilities of lands cost one less, Boom. it's just you can fire breathe as much as you want. It doesn't have trample or anything. So yeah, so you have to like just get the lands through. Lands has to get through. But I don't think any of the lands in that color get through. No, no, the uh the land is uh the new land. It's it's uh, uh good right or the blue the blue green one um uh that, that has trample the blue green uh land has trample yes okay so that will do it um if you try to do a wishes okay. cottage or something you can't name of the card is draconic destiny so it actually hey. gives the the land flying as well. It gives a okay. plus one plus one flying haste and fire breathing for one colorless. Well, that was a card that we've talked about in the past. We love that card. Um, yeah. Some of us love that card. Okay, well, whatever. Um, let's talk about a card that everybody loved, or not everybody, but some specific people. And you know what? I'm pretty sure we talked about this on the show. We, I've talked to about it to you but i think it's really important to like continue with the vibe i'm on which is re rehashing things i've said in the past but mm -hmm. stapling them to the first sips episode to be like this is a thing yeah um and the most overrated card in this fucking set is shatter the oath get your head out of your ass everybody shatter the oath is horrible all right, it's three black black for a sorcery at common. It says destroy target creature or enchantment. And then you create a wicked roll token attached to up to one target creature you control. This card, stop talking about it. It's not news. It's not exciting. It's well, just- Hold on, Zach. This completely breaks the color ply. And I think there's going to be huge ramifications. Um, the fact that Zach, the fact that black gets to destroy enchantments um i just think this is gonna ruin standard actually yeah 
Yeah, yeah, totally. It's going to ruin magic forever. Um, your commander decks, uh, black can get rid of uh, rest in pieces, everybody. This card, you're never going to... Like, the reason I have to say this right now is because you won't ever remember this card ever again. I have to cement <laughs> it in first tips, and then we'll talk about it in the happy hour about how no one played this fucking card and how it's yeah. barely, like, in draft you can play, like, one, maybe. Like, this card is not good. And yes, colors can do lots of things at a cost, and specifically black does really powerful effects at a cost. Five mana is at sorcery speed is a huge cost. That makes this horribly unplayable, which means black can't, in fact, destroy enchantments, because if you put this in your deck, you're dead. (laughs) I don't know. Like, this... Chill the fuck out, people on Twitter. I still have to fight you on this. This card's terrible. Um, get over it. Yeah, it's it's barely playable and limited. Yeah, like, card sucks. It's bad. So that's my overrated for sure. And you know, as I said before, just keep it on the train of rehashing everything. My underrated is something that's it's something. You know, Jeff, I got to say, I think that I was too harsh on Sleep Cursed Fae because I think I kind of like it. I think I like it. I've played (laughs) against it a few times. I'm like, Mm -hmm. this card's not that bad. It's pretty good. (laughs) I had it a couple times. Turn one, Sleep Cursed Fae. You know, you start hitting pretty quickly and then they have to, you know, do something about it. This is... it's pretty good. I uh, I do like it a lot. <laughs> yeah, I've been playing against uh, fairies quite a mm-hmm. bit actually, because like it's the hot new thing. New it's thing. the thing everyone wants to try. Mm-hmm. When the set comes out, and uh, yeah, I lost a game where my opponent just had a couple of these, and they're just like, okay, I have to deal with that because I'm not going to kill them before those things come online. Yeah. So um, I did win the match, though. So, so that means. there is that. So. But yeah, I I do like the the funny thing about Sleep Curse Fae is that I first saw it, I thought it was amazing. Uh, then realized that it didn't work the way I thought it did, and that I yeah. thought it was horrible. And now after <laughs> playing it, it's good. I think. And it's, you're like, if it worked the way I thought it originally did, this card would be so fucking good. Yeah, exactly. It Where it just like so untaps through the stun counters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, but this card's totally playable. Uh, I'm not surprised to see it being played in standard, and uh, it seems sweet. I want to play it now, and I, I almost put it on my uh, no pass list, but I changed my mind. I, I'm not sure if I need them. But I definitely want to play them. So that's that's a check on me. Sometimes you gotta admit your mistakes, and I've I've grown as a person over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeff, bring us home. All right. So I actually don't remember if I've mentioned this on the show before. So um I could either be following in your footsteps of talking about a card I've already talked about or not. Um, but I feel like 
the card that I'm going to label as underrated is Knight of the Sweets Revenge. <laughs> yeah. This is three and a green enchantment. When it ETBs, you get a food token. Foods you control can tap to add green mana. And then on top of that, you can pay seven, sacrifice it. Creatures you control get plus X plus X till end of turn. X is the number of food you control. Activate only as a sorcery. So I've seen rumblings. I've seen people posting lists or like YouTube videos um, of a black green food deck in standard. And I've run into black green food a couple of times. They never seem to include this card. Mm-hmm. And to me, this is like the one of the reasons to play the deck. I think in that deck, this has very much like wilderness reclamation vibes where mm-hmm. it's a four mana enchantment that comes down, but it's essentially free because it gives, you're going to have a bunch of food. And so you're, you're always going to be able to play this and then something else immediately. Mm-hmm. And then if you untap with it, you just have so much mana and it even gives you the way to, to use, use that mana and win mm-hmm. the game. Like just, it's just built in. I think like if there's a food deck in standard that's competitive, this is the reason. Like mm-hmm. this is why it's competitive because this just it just does it all. Um, the only like you know difference between this and wilderness reclamation is it wisely wisely does not let you hold up counter magic after mm-hmm. casting it. Like it doesn't yeah. it forces you to be playing green cards. Um, if this was just like add one mana of any color, can you imagine how busted uh, this card geez. would be? Yeah. Um, yeah. Everyone would be on Sultai food or whatever. Yeah. Just be jamming this and countering everything you do. And, um, so that's thankfully not the world we live in, but I still mm-hmm. think this is just, this is just really good in constructed where you're going to be so efficient at generating the food early. Totally. Um, like stop playing the random draft chaff common that adventures for a food and then has a three two and it's a three drop like guys stop playing that play this instead this is much more powerful this is much more appropriate in a deck yeah you know what I think it's because um, people were shooting on us in draft which I also don't think I agree with I think this card's pretty good in draft like it's a really grindy match and you need like a huge you need a huge attack to like really cement yourself into the the I don't know winning the game, and yeah. I've played against this card where they were just they started like accumulating so much food like just shitting out food and I'm like okay well I'm gonna die soon to this and so I had to use a removal spell on it um, one of the uh, the white to destroy a non-land permanent give him a one one. Right. Um, but then they had like, you know, if I didn't do that, a turn or two later, they had 10 food. I was like, that's insane. Like, yeah. this is crazy. <laughs> like, I, like, this is really bad. I ended up losing the game anyway. Yeah. Um, Get crater car- hoof. Yeah, but you lose the game because you blew a removal spell on this. On an like. enchantment. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, uh, it did not go well. Um but yeah, I still think this card is, if you, you know, can build, it's a build around great card. And yeah, 
I haven't had the luxury of playing this card in draft yet, but I would mm. play this in draft for sure. For sure. At least give it a try. It's powerful enough, right? Yeah. Especially think... in, like you said, these slow grindy games. Yeah. Especially when you're the food player. Like, yeah, go ahead, gain your 12, 15 life. And, and well, obviously you, you have to do that after you do the whole fun stuff or, or instead of, or you have to decide. But like, yeah. you can figure out how to, work that line of having enough food so your deck continues to work but also have enough life so you're not the game's not over um having one or two copies of this card i think will be great um yeah i i i i think it's good there that's what i said um well fantastic jeff this is you know we got a good list here i am yeah. Excited to see how how everything goes with this, and if uh, if we'll be right or if we will be wrong. But Jeff, let's go to last call to talk about the beer we had this evening, and uh, you know, see if we pick it or not. I guess <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'm gonna pick. Yeah. Um. So as always, we rate our beers on a scale from bronze to mythic, just like the tiers in arena. And this has nothing to do with what tier you are in currently, because every tier is, uh, sorry, every player is in a different tier at a different time. So uh, it's just a fun way to rate beers. With that being said, bronze beers are trash. They're horrible. Uh, we hate them. We spit them out. Uh, ugh. I had one the other day, actually, yesterday, and it was, I actually literally poured it down the drain. It was horrible. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it was really sad. No, it wasn't the mystery beer, was it? It was not the mystery beer. I posted about a beer in our Discord. Uh, no, the mystery beer was like a nice a sour. It's the one I drank immediately after that, which was, mm -hmm. I don't know what I was expecting. It was like a beet beer. Um, <laughs> okay, well, this one might be on you. <laughs> I, you know, it was a cheap, it was a collaboration. I thought what it'd be you cool. like Dwight? <laughs> yeah, it uh, yeah. it tasted like dirt. Like, like yeah. it was it was bad. <laughs> All right, uh, silver beers are just bad mm. or uninteresting. Yeah, so they're they're better than bronze. You're not gonna you're not gonna throw the whole beer out. <laughs> but, uh, they're just bad or like a macro brew maybe could find its way here. Yeah, which is a weird rating, but some macro brews are really good. But you know they're everywhere, so yeah. they're, you're not gonna tell anyone about it. Um, Gold beers are fine. Uh, you definitely won't. Well, you could tell people to kind of like eh, stay away from that one. Like it's it's okay. Like try it once, and that's enough. Yeah. Platinum. These are super solid. You'll drink these again. You like them? It's good beer. Yeah. Diamonds are exceptional. You like them a lot, and uh, you drink them often. And mythic. These are the best of the best. These are the beers that are like. What beer is about for you? Mm -hmm. um, these are your go-tos, your your favorites, your all-timers. Yeah. Oh, buddy. So let's talk about cherries aged like grace. Yeah. Um, yeah, as far as like Saison vibes go, um, it was giving me a little bit more like really nice sour vibes. Yeah. Sorry, I just licked the bottle like really uh, intensely. Uh, Very seductive. <laughs> and not on purpose. Uh, go check out our YouTube video if you want to see that. But, but please, anyway. Zach, I'm married. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, this is, I think this guy freaking just knocks it out of the park and it goes right into the basketball hoop. This is a home run slam yeah. dunk. These beers are good. These are very yeah. good. This beer is really good. I was going to make the same comment that it felt a little more like a sort of fruity sour to me than mm-hmm. uh, a funky saison mm-hmm. that's been barrel aged or and whatnot. Um, that being said, it's it's freaking delicious. Yeah. Uh, I was going to give it diamond. I, I don't I, know if that's right. I'm mostly like holding it up to it the pre like last week's last week's bar, was, and I like, think I liked last week's better. So then I'm like, well, then this is diamond. Yeah, it's like I don't know if that's totally fair. Like maybe they're both mythic, and this one's just a lower mythic. Like maybe the other one is is numbered mythic, and this one is like yeah percent mythic. Yeah, um, maybe. <laughs> I'm I, give I, it diamond. I, think. I I agree. I think I'm going to give it diamond because last week's from the same brewery obviously that's why we're talking about it um uh that goza is like the best one i've ever had and this one doesn't feel like a saison necessarily so um but delicious fresh cherries very light and still does taste like beer Yes, it's um, like what i want a sour to be yeah exactly like this it doesn't taste like warheads uh there's nothing really artificial about it it does once again feel like the type of bottle you could open and pour and you know uh have as a drink for your guests at your house and not feel like you're slumming it with the beer crowd you know yeah yeah oh yeah (laughs) do you want a beer yeah oh just crack open a beer we be at the barbecue Which, you know, there's a time and a place for that. And there are beers that are very good at doing that. This one uh, pairs very nicely with uh, the fancy um, charcuterie board and your very exotic, interesting, funky stuff. Um, Even though this itself is not funky. Um, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And like you said, another another knockout from uh, Barrel Heart. Barrel Heart. And they have so many options that I feel like I'm going to have to poke my head back in there and pick up a few mm. more yeah uh we should definitely do everything they make Just so every single one yeah <laughs> yeah we'll have to dip into our patreon funds for that i think but uh yeah we could definitely do it <laughs> um just show up be like we want all of the beer we have all of it Just all of it yeah it's great really good stuff check them out Go check out Barrel Heart. Uh, we don't say Barrel that often Heart. about uh, Barrel Heart in Ancaster, Ontario. Yes, um, delicious. Anyway, Jeff, wow, it's already closing time. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. Bittersweet. Bittersweet. Like this beer? Actually, no. Sour sweet. Like this beer. Uh, I saved a little bit for the end. Mm. Not because I, not because I didn't want to drink it, but. Anyway, if you would like to talk to us, you can always find us at Arena Regulars on the website that used to be called Twitter and Instagram. Uh, You can also find us on MTG Arena. We might be under the username Arena Regulars Podcast. Mm -hmm. And we might be playing some crazy food deck. Um, (laughs) 
If you want to talk to me personally, you can find me at Zulberg. That's Z-E-U-L-B-E-R-G on all the different places. But Jeff, where can they find you? Best place is on our Discord channel. I go by at regular Jeff there and uh, planning on posting my food fight deck list soon. So if you want to check that out, make sure to go to our Discord channel. The link should be in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Also, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. Leave us a review there. Go to YouTube. Hit all the buttons uh, that do things uh, on that platform. And uh, really just say, hey, uh, guys, I like the show. That makes us feel very good. And uh, also, hey, if you're interested in us doing uh, like duplicates of episodes uh, as we've done in the past or have any ideas for us, we'd love to hear all of your feedback and all of your thoughts. Or if you just want to come in and say, hey, Jeff, you're an idiot. Blossoming Tortoise is the best card of all time. (laughs) Let's hear that, too. Yeah. Bring it on. Or, hey, Zach, the color pie should stay the color pie. Don't (laughs) let other colors do stuff. Yeah. Um, Come on, Zach. Because I'm ready to fight you, and I'm going to, well, uh, I'm going to hurt you with my words. (laughs) This has been the Arena Regulars. Reminding you that if you're wondering which cards from the set Zach really likes, it's exactly the same as last time. Same ones. Good night. All right, that's fine.